Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we are DFS in our way into the John Deere Classic. Sia Najad is here. Sia, welcome. You know, I don't know what all the buzz is about. Like, this this field is is weak. Like, yeah, that's true. But there are names, and there are prices next to the names LFG. There will be a winner. There will be an optimal lineup, and there will be money given out by DFS sites, no matter if it was Webb Simpson and uh, Sahith Tagala or Rick Gaiman and Greg Ducharme, who rounds out our group for today. Hello, Greg. Hello, boys. I'm uh, I'm fired up for this. Uh, it's not going to be very long before we talk about my boy. Uh, his name <laughs> will come up very shortly. All. It might be the first name that we bring up. So, uh, I mean, what what could be better? <laughs> It's, it's going to be a record, uh, record time that we get to Adam Admin on this show. But before we do, a couple of housekeeping items. The one and done selection link, it's now available. It's in the description. Get your votes in. We need your vote by Tuesday morning. I, or no, I think it's Tuesday 1 p.m. So that's morning for me, not morning for everybody. But uh, that is when we will do the mega preview pod and we will unveil the fan selection. And oh, by the way, the fans are making up grounds. They're now in second. See ya. We never should have let this happen. <laughs> We never should have let this happen. I do I do want to offer, Rick, I've apologized to you for, for mushing you before. Anybody Thank who had you. Patrick Cantlay to win outright or top 10, um, I apologize. I had him in the one and done, and this is what happens. doesn't necessarily happen on Thursday and Friday. Sometimes it happens Sunday with an epic collapse of nine bogeys plus one double bogey. Triple, actually more than triple the amount he had days one, two, and three combined. That's my bad. Five, five birdies, though, Sia. I mean, it's, <laughs> did he get I don't five even... birdies? Yeah, five birdies, 76. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking pars. He only had three pars, right? Yeah. He had oh. more birdies than pars and shot 76. And he laid the sod over one like I oh. like I do. It just barely carried the water. I think he had the wrong front edge in mind. <laughs> <laughs> that really is amazing that he, I, that was amazing. I, I don't, I don't. I heard you guys break it down on the first cut, uh, pod recap, uh, and it was great, by the way. And the Sahith the Gala sort of mental impressions and permutations you all went through with Mark Immelman, uh, all of that, and Kyle w- w- was so great for anybody who hasn't heard that already. It's almost impossible to, with a nine iron, even for myself, miss by like sixty yards, which is which is what he did. That's almost impossible. So it was it was by definition impressive that Cantlay did it. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like um, if you tried to pick the work, like, like who's going to finish in the worst position. Right. That's just as hard as picking, you know, if, if you on Friday night, okay, who's going to come in last versus who's going to come in first? It's really hard. They're almost equally as hard to pick. Right. Just it was impressive. It was objectively from what I saw the worst shot anybody hit in the entire travelers tournament. 
and Scotty Scheffler had a shank. I think he hit back to back shanks, but yeah. it was worse than it was worth worse than that. Definitely way worse. Definitely way worse. Yeah. There were some bizarre shots in that event. Anyway, I digress. We should do a power ranking of the worst shots, but that's a show for another day. Producer Troy, please share my screen because we need to talk about this golf course. It's my website, rickrungood.com. That will be the visuals and tools that we use. And it's TPC Deer Run. We're headed to Silvis. And we've seen this course quite a bit over the years. And when you start to look at the metrics here, Sia, my model loves driving accuracy. You start to to sniff that compared to guys that have won here, Stricker three times, Zach Johnson, uh, who won it last year, Lucas Glover. It, it starts to starts to pass the sniff test as well for playing out of the fairway. Yeah, and this sounds pretty familiar from a couple of the, the, the tournaments we've um, broken down in the last just few weeks. Uh, driving accuracy certainly um, important, but to me, not as important. I'm definitely emphasizing approach. Um, more than anything that's just my personal preference here um so i'm going to be heavy on approach i'm going to be heavy on scoring like whether it's dk points or birdie or opportunities you know whatever you're looking at that's going to be a big point of emphasis for me as well and and honestly it's interesting because if you look at some of the past winners including lucas glover glover's not a good putter right and so i I, i'm not saying I, i wanted your opinions here um I'm not saying I'm discounting, you know, uh, the the putting metric, but I'm curious if you all if you all think this tournament lends itself to team no putt. Well, Greg, I'll I'll tee you up on that because I, I could go both ways on this. 19 under par was the winning score last year, and that was the worst of the last three years. You're generally pretty deep into the 20s, and when you when we get deep into the 20s, you often hear, "Oh, it's a putting contest. You're gonna have to make a lot of birdies. You're gonna have to make a lot of putts." Which I kind of go back and forth on whether you need to be a Denny McCarthy or you need to be someone who can get hot with the flat stick. Well, it's a really interesting thought and I understand where it comes from. So I, I did a, a little bit of a breakdown. Who were the guys in the top 10 last year and what did they do? Well, there was only one of them that was in the top 50. Only two of them in the top 10 last year that were in the top 100 entering the week in strokes game put in. I mean, everybody, it's uh, Lucas Glover's 120th, Ryan Moore's 172nd, 136, 119th, 198th, 108th, 128th. Uh, You know, these guys are not entering in good form. Then I looked at past winners and they're all the four out of the last five are outside the top 100. Uh, Ryan Moore was 32nd and that was in 2016. So it's it's definitely. You know, looking at last year's top 10 and the last five winners, you're definitely looking at a uh, a team no putt scenario, which I find very interesting. I imagine the strength of this field is going to be a sizable talking point, especially when we do the mega preview pod and we compare it to live golf or, you know, all, all those conversations are going to be had. But uh I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to co- cover your eyes when I when I release the cheat sheet for the first time. It's not the prettiest thing in the world, but we're gonna find you some good plays. We're gonna find you the guys that are gonna outperform the others because someone's gonna hoist the trophy on Sunday. We're gonna jump into that right after these words. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Here's the 10K range, and it is very, very small. Webb Simpson, 10600 Adam Hadwin, $10,400. Sahith Tagala, $10,100. And Jason Day, and even $10,000. Greg, must defer to you in this scenario with your guy as the second most expensive golfer on the slate. These are names that we don't normally see for this expensive. So let's just recalibrate, right? You're going to pay more for guys that you're not used to paying this much for. Let's get over it and start figuring out our plan. Right. The The fortunate thing is you're not actually paying the, this, this amount, right? This isn't a, this isn't a team that you're building for an entire year. This is simply a team you're building for one week. So it's all relative. It's really important to keep that in mind. It's all relative. Um, now Adam Hadwin, of course, I really like for a number of reasons. I, I, and I wanted to, I wanted to point out one other thing. I like Webb Simpson too, in this range, but I, I was looking for a correlation of what does this golf course ask for? And I wanted to get, see his thoughts on this. I'm sorry. I didn't get to this in the last segment, but what I, Michael Kim, who won in 2018 has always been this, this kind of bizarre, um, case for me like what did he do what did he show us leading into that win where he set a scoring record what did he show us that said okay he's ready to win and he was at the time outside the top 100 and everything so i i was looking to see what was he inside the top 100 in was there anything and basically if you if you take the buckets and i'm still in the process of doing this so it's a this is rough but if you take the outside of like approach buckets, he's basically, you can count on one hand the amount of stats he's in the top 100 in. And I'm including everything, not strokes gain. I'm including like one of them is left rough tendency. He yeah. was 73rd, right? One of them could be like, uh, like consecutive holes without a bogey, right? They, they keep some random. Yeah, although that was not, it, right. It includes all the random ones. Yeah. The closest thing to a correlation that I found is he seemed to be very good from 50 to 75, from 125 to, uh, I'm sorry, from 50 to 75, 50 to 125. He was 18th and 31st, respectively. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's something there. Now you think of a Ryan Moore, you think of a Steve Stricker, you think of a Zach Johnson, some of these guys who have won here and had success here. And are they, is, is wedge play really the, is that the, uh, the silver lining? Is that the correlation? And I found it interesting that CS said approach because strokes gain approach doesn't, it doesn't really correlate if you just look at purely at numbers. Um, but, but I do think there's a correlation here with guys in some of these short wedge buckets. Um, Lucas Glover was 32nd from 75 to hundred. Uh, Michael Kim, I already mentioned Dylan Fratelli was top 100 from 50 to 125. He was 53rd from hundred to 125. Ryan Moore was 10th from 50 to 75. Bryson was 14th from 50 to 75. So in this kind of 50 to 125 range, I think there's a, a common thread of success. And I'm thinking that might be a popular one. So 
if we go to this year, we look at 50 to 125. You see Webb Simpson is pretty close to, oh, I'm sorry. Webb was from 50 to 75. He's the top. Um, Adam Hadwin is in here as well. And from 50 to 125, Webb Simpson's 32nd on tour. And Adam Hadwin is 49th on tour. So I think that's that it's high quality. It speaks to a, a solid wedge game. Um, and, and you look at these guys generally in, in the more general kind of things that we talk about they're they're I mean, Adam Hadwin's been very good on approach this year. We've, we've highlighted that he's been good around the green. He putted brilliantly at the U S open. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of reason to like him. Um, and, and I think Webb Simpson seems to maybe be turning the corner as well. So of those guys in the 10 K range, Simpson 32nd in that 50 to 125, Adam Hadwin 49th, as Greg mentioned, which means in this field, they're probably like eighth and 13th. And there's a big drop off between Sahith and Jason day, who are one sixtieth and 199th respectively in that stack category. So one specific stack category, see, ya, um, but maybe helps helps make some decisions when you're kind of looking at this 10k range as a whole first of all i love that you have so if you're not watching on youtube what are you doing uh because i really like what we see on rickrungood.com because that's a bucket that people aren't used to right they're used to seeing uh, you know on other sites potentially you know buckets of like 25 yards and then the next 25 yards 50 to 125 now when we have kind of like a quote bigger bucket a more global view of, of sort of like these shorter irons these wedge these uh wedge shots i think that actually tells me a little bit more about the player in terms of uh the shorter irons coming in and i do think that's going to be important here and i also think it's really important that you made the distinction that yeah that rank of 32 and 49 in rick correct me if i'm wrong but that's on tour among all pga tour players not in this field right that's that exactly. is their, that's their season rank this year so if you right you a weaker field webb simpson is actually going to be actually and i can i guess i could just uh tell you this so webb simpson is 32nd on tour but he is one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleventh in this field right Gotcha. Okay. I think that's a really, Greg, I think that's a really good way to look at this in terms of trying to pull out some guys that maybe other people aren't looking at, because I do think, I mean, I think you'll have, you'll have some proximities, of course, that are going to be uh, over that range, uh, you know, a decent amount, but at the same time, I think that's something to pull out and maybe, you know, break ties or maybe make your player pool a little bit based on that. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And I think 50 to 125 is the ideal bucket here because it's not 25 yards. I know, Rick, you said, well, okay, he's great from 74 yards, but not 76. So, how, and I, I completely agree. I very rarely get into these proximity buckets. But just as I'm looking through, this particular event has perplexed me for years. And I said, okay, I'm tired of this. There has to be something. And this is the closest thing that I've found. So I, I know that in my uh, in my pools, I'm going to use this. Uh, I'm going to look to it. Not at, maybe not as my guiding principle, but as as one, as a backup, a secondary type principle. So I, I love that. And and Sia, you know, I think most people are going to gravitate towards Webb Simpson and Adam Hadwin. Those are the two that we've already talked about. Sahith Tagala coming off of what will likely be described as a disappointing runner-up finish, but he had a fifth-place finish at the Memorial. Um, he's still in this 10K range. And then Jason Day, who missed the cut at the Travelers, lurks here as well. Is there a viable option besides Simpson and Hadwin? I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I think enough people will be on Sahith Tagala that I won't be interested. I'm going to try 
try to incorporate a little bit more game theory this tournament than perhaps I normally do. So I'll have to monitor his ownership. I don't think I'm interested, though, if he's anywhere close to uh, Webb Simpson and Adam Hadwin. I do concede that Hadwin and Webb Simpson will be uh, very highly owned. I think you can, the way this tournament is set up from a pricing standpoint, I think you can put... I think you can put both of them in your lineup and still come out with a with a pretty good lineup because of um, what we see in the 7K range, in particular the lower 7K range. I don't know that you'll be necessarily different doing that. A lot of people will think of that. But I do like Webb Simpson and Adam Hadwin. I'm, I'm out on Jason Day, and I'm likely out on Sahith Tagala. Only four golfers in that 10K range. Only four golfers in the 9 K range. So only eight golfers above $9,000 here, Greg. So we've got Denny McCarthy, Maverick McNeely, CH3, that's Charles Howell III, and Chris John Bezadenhout. That That's it for the 9K range. Very small group of golfers to work with here out of the gate. Yeah, it's very small. And, and I think this range, again, it might get kind of blocked out, especially if you get a Hadwin and a Simpson in that in that lineup together up on top this range. I think it's going to be very easy to fade everybody in the nine K range. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, because like who's the best option in this range, it's probably Charles Howell, the third. Yeah. And, and part of the reason is that Charles Howell, the third has a, a pretty good record here at the John Deere tied 23rd, tied six, tied 19th in his last three, uh, never missed the cut. He was tied fifth in 2011. Uh, whatever that's worth. But there's enough of a track record here where you say, okay, he he likes this place. It, it seems to be a nice fit for him. So he's probably my top. Um, Denny McCarthy, you mentioned the success putting. He's missed the cut here the last couple of years, but seems to be trending in the right direction. Although I do think the Travelers is kind of a setback and it, it worries me a little bit. Was the U.S. Open and the Memorial? Does is that tell us, is, are we starting to see a picture that Denny McCarthy succeeds on more difficult setups and not so much in birdie fest? That could be, you know, what, what's the other event that he did well in? Who was tied 25th at the Wells Fargo, brutally tough setup. So I have my worries with Denny. Um, and, and I, I think in, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Charles Howell is the top option in the 9K range. I personally worry about all these guys in the $9,000 range. I, I don't know. I mean, CH3 has three top 25, or excuse me, three top 15s in his last 42 starts. That goes back to when the the tour came back from the COVID shutdown. So I worry about paying $9,300 for a guy who I don't know how much upside he has. I think he has a great floor. I worry about yeah. the upside, but like, I don't like any of these guys. I, I mean, Den- Denny will be the most popular. See you, right? I think so. I think people will be willing to go back to Denny after what, you know, the miscut last week. I, I think people think he has upside. I agree he has upside. I mean, the ball striking it seems to be pretty problematic. But then again, you know, we might be catching Denny McCarthy still on, on the early run of what he's going to be over the next few years. With that said, it's really just Charles Howell III for me as well. I mean, I, obviously his course history here is great. Um, the recent form is pretty good. Uh, he's gained ball striking three out of the last four. Um, the putter can be a really big problem for him, but he happens to have gained over the last two. And, and we know from what we talked about at the top of the show that there are guys like Lucas Glover that have won here who are historically very bad putters. And so I think um, team no putt is in play here. Yeah, I will say he, he yeah, he does not. He does not put it well. He drives it better than I remember him driving it. And you can't really deny the course history. I just, I will probably find myself just, just skipping this 9K range in general. Um, he's, seven, he's 77th from 50 to 125. 
on tour, which so that's a reasonable like 35th in this field. Uh, yeah. In that neighborhood, there's a, there's a lot to count. You got to scroll a little bit. Um, his second highest in he's the second highest in the nine K range in this field behind Maverick McNeely. And you look at Maverick McNeely and there's no, there, there's really nothing that you're going to love about that. Um, it, it hasn't been great of late. Yeah. So I'm with, I'm with you guys. Well, the 8K range is much more appealing to me. And I want to talk about that. And then the sevens are interesting. The sixes we'll, we'll discuss. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Okay, now the 8K range. Th- this is where I actually am probably going to find myself like, there's three guys in this range I might bet. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly interested here, Sia. So lead us off in the in the eight case. Yeah, I think this is where a lot of people are going to spend their time. They'll grab somebody up top, and then they'll either skip the nine K range or go to the nine K range, but still grab somebody in the eight K range. I wouldn't be surprised if there's two or three lineups with with guys. Or, or excuse me, two or three players in in lineups from the 8K range. So I think Nick Hardy is going to be really popular. Sure. Um, and and I get that. And the, just just the the note on him is if he's going to be really popular, I'm probably just going to end up being out. But then again, I think ownership might be a little flat across the board in the 8K range because there's a lot of guys you can make an argument for. I think Scott Stallings at 8,900. Well, that doesn't make a ton of sense at, at that price. But everybody else, I think, is kind of in play. I think Lucas Glover is going to be pretty popular. I got to wait to see ownership on that because, you know, obviously if he's popular, I might pivot somewhere else. CT Pan really intrigues me. Um, sometimes he'll be great on approach and terrible off the tee. Sometimes he'll be great off the tee and terrible on approach. But there are times where he marries those together and, and they're good over four rounds. So I think CT Pan at 8,100 is really good value. And I think he has a lot of upside. Um, he's third on approach his last 36 rounds and he's top 10 tee to green over his last 36 rounds. So I, I think at 8,100, uh, that's a guy I'm going to be targeting for sure. All right, let's keep the momentum rolling here in the eights, Greg. What do you find? So uh, I'm very interested in Brendan Todd. Uh, if you yeah. if you believe that driving accuracy is a really important aspect, he's going to be a great option for you. Um, he missed the cut at the Travelers, but he played really well the two weeks before that. Third at the Charles Schwab, 13th at the RBC Canadian Open. And Rick, your model said driving accuracy, very important there as well. So Brendan Todd... Um, is is definitely on my list. He also happens to be third in the field in uh, 16th on tour from 50 to 125. He checks that box. We know he's a great putter. If you believe that putting is very important because it goes everybody goes low and it's a putting contest, I mean, I haven't seen that in the numbers, but I, I don't 
ever look at somebody who's a great putter as a knock, especially if they have a couple of, you don't like to lean just on putting, but if they have something else to back it up in Brendan Todd's case, driving accuracy and wedge play, I think he becomes a very viable option. Um, I, and then it's also worth noting, Greg, before you jump around yeah. there, uh, the last two cuts that Todd missed were on the number. So it's like, mm-hmm. he didn't play all that bad. <laughs> no, no. And and look, that's a little bit of a concern in an event like this, where yeah. you can have a cut at seven under par or something. Um, you could play well and miss the cut in a tournament like this. It's, it's challenging. You don't have a lot of time. You have to get after it right away. But uh, there's pretty much everybody in this field falls into that high risk. This is a tournament with extremely high risk of missing the cut. I don't think anybody is safe here. It applies to Webb and Hadwin. They could miss the cut this week and play pretty well just because scores get so low and you have to get after it right away. Um, so I, I, I think Todd is a very interesting factor. Um, and then the other guy, it's really these three guys right in a row, Adam Long, Brendan Todd, and Cam Davis. Yeah. I, I think I feel stronger about Cam Davis and Brendan Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Cam Davis has kind of started to show this thing where he does really well on these shorter golf courses. Yes. Um, and I find that. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I, I find it so interesting. It doesn't make sense. You think of him, oh, Rocket Mortgage, we were all over that last year. It's perfect yeah. Cam Davis course. And he it was, he won. But he's he's done very well this year in that um in that wedge range, right? He's 35th on tour. He's averaging 17 feet seven inches from 50 to 125. So he he checks that box as well. And um and, and I liked his performance last week, although the weekend was terrible. Let's, I, let's talk you know, about that. I got to yeah. keep up here because the first two rounds, second best score in the field, gained eight strokes over the first two rounds last week. Right. Rounds three and four on the weekend, he had the third worst score. He lost eight and a half strokes to the field. Now, the almost all of it came in the short game categories and most of it with the putter. I actually think this is a good thing. Greg, right? Like if you show me for two or three rounds or whatever, that you can be the best guy in the field or close to it. I think that's exciting. It's I upside, can, right? It's upside. And and you look at what he did. He had his worst short game week ever. Like it's just, this is the, the two rounds where he coughs up eight and a half strokes to the field is so unlikely to happen again. I, I agree. So I, I look at it in general, like, Hey, this is good form. And the hope is, well, tied 56 at the Travelers, tied 53rd at the Memorial. It doesn't look great. So hopefully that keeps ownership down. Yeah. But you start to look a little deeper at this as we are now. This is the advantage of First Cut Podcast listeners. Um, you get this deep look into a player like this, and all of a sudden there's a lot more good going on than it looks if you quickly look at his recent form. So I, I'm, I'm way in on Cam Davis. Cam Davis and Brendan Todd in the in the 8K range for me. Yeah, and that eight and a half strokes he lost like around the greens and with the putter. Like he's generally pretty like he's not great around the greens. He's not great with the putter, but he's generally much better. Like that's just yeah, such an it's been a, a good long run of putting. One of yeah. the reasons I liked him last week exactly. um, yeah. was because of that putting run. See, and I talked about it uh, a week ago from today. Yeah, I had a hundred and fifty to one ticket on him, and I, I texted you guys uh, what Friday night, thinking that that was in yeah, play. You were of course, yourself on Friday night. 
Yes, I yeah. certainly was. Well, I knew that I kind of knew that one wasn't coming in, but it was fun to look at at 151. So I, I will say this. I'm definitely back in on Cameron Davis as well. And to your point, Greg, about ownership, I do think he'll get marginalized a little bit because there are so many guys people are going to be interested yeah. from Patrick Rogers to Nick Hardy to Adam Long, Brendan Todd, Lucas Glover, Blanto probably won't get much ownership, CT Pan, like all those guys are going to get ownership. And because of how Cameron Davis crashed and burned over the last two days of, of you know, the last week's tournament, at the Travelers, I think uh, I think he could get marginalized quite a bit. It's it's a really good range, uh, a really good range. The guy we didn't even talk about, JT Poston, who's at a flat eight thousand dollars. He's done it in a volatile way, but last twenty four rounds, best player in the field, gaining one point two strokes to the field. Now he's done it, Greg, with uh, a couple of missed cuts, but a runner up finish, a ninth place finish, and a third place finish. That goes a long way in a field like this. Yeah, it's definitely upside. Um, I, I have my reservations about it because of the volatility, but maybe that's something, maybe that's something to really adopt. But I mean, you look at he law at the Canadian open, he lost three strokes approach. Then he gains eight last week. Um, you know, he loses putt in at the RBC Canadian open, then he gains five. So there's, there's not a lot of trends, you know, and if, like uh, just to give you an analogy, for me to write a, a Twitter thread on on uh, on JT posted, it's very hard to find a trend that sticks, and it gives me a little worry. I like to see guys building in the right direction, and this seems like it's a pop up scatter thunder showers, you know, and it could rain really hard, and you could get rained out from golf for the whole day, or it could be really sunny. It's a hard thing to predict, so I, you know, it's um it, it's high risk play, but it it could. It definitely has the upside. Can we appreciate this uh, Michael Kim profile for a second? (laughs) Here's Michael Kim shattering the scoring record and gaining 19 (laughs) strokes to the field in his win in 2018, in which he had missed uh, five of his six cuts prior to that and quite a few before. And then immediately after, he basically just goes on like a 30-event streak in which he just misses the cut. Greg, uh, maybe more than that. Maybe it was like 40 events. You and I were like tracking this at one point. Yes. <laughs> we were yes. texting like he he's he's inside the cut line with two holes to go. And then he would cough it up and yep. miss the cut. Uh, this is this is one of the most remarkable stat like like stat profiles out there. It, it was one of the most remarkable stat profiles when it happened, because I, yeah. I was trying to figure out. Back in 2018, I was fairly new to this game of really, you know, looking at playing fantasy, looking into these kind of things and trying to predict winners and all that stuff. And he like almost it almost ruined me. It's like, wait a second. So you're trying to tell me that there's no way to predict who's going to play well. Because <laughs> there, I mean, I could have, I could have retired right then and there. Because there's just no, there was nothing. It's like this guy has done nothing to show that he's going to win, and he sets the scoring record. This is crazy. But it, as it turns out, I think that's what this event kind of offers. It allows yeah. a lot of players to play well. And if you, you know, you get hot, you can make a ton of birdies. So fortunately this doesn't happen every year. Um, this is one that we're still talking about today. Yes. The fact that we're talking about it four years later shows how rare it is. Also Michael Kim playing well on the corn Ferry tour, by the way, he's piling good up top for him. So good for good you for him. $7,000 range, big boy range here. See lots to discuss. Why don't you start us off, please? Yeah, there's, there's so many, 
players that are going to catch people's attention, which is like, I want to talk about some of those players, but I also want to talk about some of the pivots. I mean, in that 7,800, 7,700 range, um, that is really jumping out at me, uh, especially John Ha, Adam Shank, Adam Svensson. Uh, of those guys, I think I like Adam Svensson the best because I, I'm guessing he's going to carry less ownership than the other two. Um, you know, what's interesting about Svensson too is we always kind of talk about him and the putter, but if you look, and we're going to bring it up right now, He's gained with the putter, but let's see, five in a row, eight of his last ten, uh, and he's gained ball striking four out of the last five. Like I, I, I tend to think in this field at this price, I think Svensson is one of the better values, like a top three value on this entire board, um, and I, I think he'll carry some ownership, but I don't know that it'll be as much as some of these other guys in the upper seven K range. Uh, other guys that I like in the seven K range. Adam Shank, I do like. His history here is great. I think he's going to carry a decent amount of ownership solely because his name has come up a lot over the last few weeks. He's classically been underpriced. Now he's fairly priced, but if you look at his history, I think people are going to pick up on that. He's going to be popular. Uh, maybe some lower-end guys from an ownership standpoint I want to talk about. Let's start with Patton Kazire. I mean, this is more of a hunch than anything. Uh, the recent history has been horrific with Patton Kazire, but he does have great course history here, and I do think, like, the Patton Kazire that we remember from like a year or two ago, I think he could succeed on a course like this in a, in a scoring fest. So that's a guy, again, I'm looking at ownership leverage more than anything else. And I'm kind of picking up off Greg's point with respect to, hey, some of these guys are going to kind of jump out of nowhere on a course like this. So I think Kazire is maybe a good leverage point. Another good leverage point is possibly Ryan Armour. The approach game is improving. He's certainly a good course fit. He has good course history, but I don't think he's going to pick up a ton of ownership. Uh, and then finally... A couple other leverage plays. I wonder where David Lipsky is going to pan out from an ownership standpoint because I think he's going to rate out pretty well in models for good reason. He's been great on approach. DK scoring is is fantastic. Not great with the putter. Doesn't bother me too much. The last guy, Austin Smotherman at set at a flat seven k. Um, I think he could back to Smotherman. Yeah, I think he could. Uh, I think he could su- succeed here as well. Missed the cut last week, but. Uh... It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Losing 3.7 strokes putting. That's the way you'd want to miss the cut if you are going to miss it. Uh, Pat and Kazire, look at this mustache, by the way. Yeah. How good is that? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that would take me... I, there, there are not enough lifetimes for me to try to, to, try to grow that mustache. That's so good. It's how a classic. You, how do you not roster that guy? At I mean, least in one lineup. I'm not even kidding. If you have a mustache like that, do you have to like put product in it? Like, Do you have to, ma- like, do you have to maintain that? Well, I, I don't think it gets to that point without maintenance, Rick. I mean, anything good takes a little care, takes That's a true. little effort. I, I imagine the mustache is the same thing. Maybe unless your name's Eric Van Royen, who seems oh. to just be a, a natural. Um, but the other thing about Pat and Kazire, which makes him very rosterable, is he's uh, 55th on tour from 50 to 125. So that kind of fits in the range. He's in the He's up there in the upper echelon in this field, I would say. Um, and, that, and and Greg, just to further that point, that could explain his good course history here as well. Right, right. You're a decent wedge player. Like so by far his best bucket. Yeah. And which, then to one tw- and then 100 to 125, which there's a little bit of overlap there. He's even better in. So that that makes sense. That if this is going to turn into a wedgy spot, uh, the guy who can hit the wedge as well finds yeah. success. So look, I mean. Uh, a lot of this is guesswork and this is one of those weeks where it gets a little uncomfortable and you're not going to feel like you have a six for six on when you're sitting there on Wednesday. This is the one you kind of cringe at on Wednesday. But if you're taking a chance and you get a thread that you're going on, um, this could be one and he definitely fits. Um, another guy that I like 
Um, you mentioned Ryan Armour, who's also incredibly accurate. So I think he checks that box as well. But um, the uh, the other guy that I wanted to go to was Ches Reevy, who yeah. is, again, at the very top when it comes to the driving accuracy. Um, he's not necessarily a top guy in the 50 to 125 range. Um, I'm trying to find him now. But I, I think he's been playing some pretty good golf. And oh, where is he? 77th on tour. Okay. So, you know, a uh, top 100, it's, uh, again, I wouldn't go just on that alone, but you, his driving accuracy is extremely impressive. And, and I like what he's done recently. It was a great week last week and he played well at the, at the Schwab. So I think he's trending in the right direction. Uh, the other guy near the top of that price range is John Hud. Sia mentioned it, but here's the stat profile. Three straight top 25s gained across the board at the Travelers. The only place he's lost in any of these three starts is, is via the putter. Also very accurate off the tee. Let's just, mm. let's for kicks, find out how he is in that. Oh, okay. Okay, so, wow. Look at these wedges, Greg. Wow. 50 to 125, he's 49. 50 to 75, 66. 75 to 100, 10th. 125 to 150, 11th, Greg. Wow. I think he's my one and done play. We're in. We're hey, in. Rick, is this, is this last 24 rounds? What is this? Or season. the whole season? Season. Okay. Full season. Great. Full season. Excellent. Yeah. That's uh, great. That's awesome. And now so, the results are following, which is great. And his ownership ownership just went up. And his ownership will follow as well. Um, I will not play him this week, but Taylor Pendrith is back, which we've seen. Pendrith fractured his rib at the players, which is hard to imagine a golfer doing, but apparently it happens. And he's had like two setbacks. He He was supposed to come back in Texas, couldn't do it. Was supposed to come back in Canada, couldn't do it. This is like the worst spot for him, Greg, but like... I'm excited. I want Pendrith to knock off the rust, play a little bit, and we'll talk about him when we get to Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, I, I think, oh, Rocket Mortgage is perfect for him. <laughs> exactly. Right? As long as he is, it's, it's great. Um, but look, there are, we have, we try to find these common threads week in and week out. And, and it's very easy to get sucked into, okay, approach is important this week. Who are the best approach players? We'll go with them. But there are always outliers. And so if you're feeling something like a Pendrith, probably not the week for it, as he said, but okay, he excels in a different area. There's usually one or two guys in the top 10 of a leaderboard who do it in a different way than everybody else. So just, um, I guess it's not really game theory, but when you're building your lineups, don't be afraid of having a couple of guys you feel strong about that are a little different. And just real quick, the only reason I didn't bring up Hank Lebiota at 7,300, who, by the way, has made five out of the last six cuts and finished eighth here in 2021, is because I want to save him for me, so I'm not telling anybody about him. He's <laughs> absolutely a lock button. Whoops. Good, th- good thing you forgot to mention him there. Perfect. I got uh, one other guy to ask about. Sure. What, what about Ryan Moore? Is there any, is there any reason to, to play him on course history alone? Okay, so I, I think so. History here. So... I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, he won. He won in 16. He was runner up last year. He's got a T18 two years ago. We didn't play this in 2020. Probably should have mentioned that. A couple more. Well, top no, nobody did. Well, yeah, nobody. Right. 2020, there, this event was not played. Not like you and I, Greg, didn't play it. But right. like, nobody played it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So let's see what he's been up to as of late. Mm. It, not, it, it's not bad, though, for Ryan Moore. Yeah, it's not the worst. It's okay. It's all right. The approach like, I mean, I, I bet you'll see somebody in the top 10 this week whose record 
leading into it looks worse than Ryan Moore's. Oh, yes. Also, I'm glad somebody brought this up in the chat. Uh, I think we skipped Steve Stricker, by the way. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, so real quick, the guys won this event three times, which I don't even really care about. Uh, I like the fact that he has made nine of his last 11 PGA tour cuts. And I also like the fact that he is, I know it's champions tour, but he's got six straight top 11s, including charging up the leaderboard on Sunday at the U S senior open championship. Right. He's got 65. You look at guy who, I mean, who's more confident in the seven K range than Steve Stricker. Nobody. You, are you worried at all about, uh, uh, the, the one concern that I have with a Stricker and I guess I have it a little bit with Ryan Moore is uh, the upside. Like what is a great week for Steve yeah. Stricker making the cut? I think, no. it's, I think he's like absolute upside is like T16. I think it's, I mean, I, I agree kind of, but I mean, I, I think I was going to say T like 15 or like some something in the top 15. I think in this field, he actually has that upside. This is the only, like it's, it's a perfect combination of he's playing well and going to the spot for him. Right. Right. If this, if we were going to Honda, where he actually played well last year, but if we were going to Honda, I'd be like not nearly as excited. Mm-hmm. So what what's the ownership going to be for him? Not much. Okay. I don't think. So, I mean, like seven percent. I mean, maybe yes, that is a lot for right. Steve for a guy who doesn't play full time on the PGA Tour. But like, there's so, so he's, much. He's playable. Yeah, I think he's playable. There's a lot in the 7K range. There's also a lot of pivots. So if you play a chalky guy, an alleged chalky guy in the 7K range, there are so many places you can go to pivot. Um, another guy would be, an example would be Anurban Lahiri, who nobody's going to play because of his recent form. Sia, are you are you loading up in the 7K? Like, I mean, how many guys are, are you talking four, four, seven K guys, three? No, I, I think I'm going to grab a couple guys at the top and, and, uh, and then probably live in the seven K range after that. But you know, that might yeah. include an eight K guy too, like a CT pan who's, who's pretty low priced, you know, somebody like right. that. Uh, six K's. Well, kind of, we got to kind of move here somewhat quickly, but it starts with Snedeker, Garnett, Grayson Murray. Um, who is min priced? Is it like, is Michael Kim in this field? He's not in this field, is he? I don't. I don't think so. Um, oh boy, John Sendens in this field. Interesting. All right, see, you. kick us off in the six case. I'll just give a, a couple names here. I see Ben Crane at sixty one hundred. I'm I'm being serious when I say I don't hate that. Patrick Flavin is at sixty three hundred. Don't necessarily hate that. Jim Canos at sixty three hundred. I mean, there, there's guys down here that you could speculate on, but I'll just give a few names. Lee Hodges at sixty nine hundred. Joseph Bramlett at sixty eight hundred. A guy that can't putt, but the ball striking has actually been pretty great lately. Um, I had one other guy to consider. I think Kramer Hickok was somebody I looked at. Um, outside of that, I'm not really living in this range too much. Kelly Craft at 6,700 is interesting. Kelly to me Craft well. has gained like 15 strokes putting here in 12 rounds, and he's hitting it well. Okay, he's got to marry both of those. Um, and then Vaughn Taylor's got decent course history mm. around this place at 6,800 bucks. Greg, what did you find when you went through the six? So, uh, Vaughn Taylor was a guy that I circled. Um, he, again, he does pretty well in the wedge category as well, 40th from. 125 to 150. Um, the other the other guy I circled was Chase Seifert, um, who is in who is excellent in the wedge category and seems to be doing a little like a, he was a little better. Um, some made cut, some made cuts. 
So, and I, I like what he does with his approach play. That seems to be the area he excels in and has for a long time. So Chase Seifert was a guy that um, I, that I circled as well. Uh, and maybe like a, a Cameron Percy could pop up this week. Uh, he was a, another guy that I, I tentatively circled. I put a, I put a question mark next to him. Uh, made the cut, Percy did, at the RBC Canadian Open. Lost four strokes putting. Hmm, okay, pretty good. Team no, yeah. team no putt character there. Uh, yeah. There was also a question in the chat about, will this field be worse than Pebble? So the strength of field is not out yet, but probably, right? I think so. Because wasn't Spieth in that Pebble field? Yes. And, and- it can't lie, too. Yeah, Berger withdrew right before Pebble, I remember. But they had a couple of other bigger names. So I think this is definitely going to be be lower strength of field than that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, All right, narrative lineups time, and then I got to go on HQ. So, Sia, you have been doing our strokes. Okay, here we go. Couple of A uh, couple of narrative lineups here, Sia. Yeah, uh, Harold Warner tracker um, being introduced to that. So that's pretty cool. So um, you want me to read this, Rick? It says it ain't pretty, but neither is this field. Here's my dear themed bargain lineup. Hayden Buckley, uh, Dowie Van Deer Waltz, uh, (laughs) Caribou Weekly. That's pretty great. Uh, Um, Fawn Taylor. That's (laughs) also great. Um, Yeah, Antler Putnam. Adam Sven son, which apparently is a frozen reference, which um, yeah. I have kids. I probably yeah, should have watched that by now. Greg, your children are like of that age, aren't they? I mean, they nah, like yeah, they're boys though. They don't. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Frozen's like a, is that a girl's movie? Yeah. Like, okay. Disney. Princess. I think more, more so it's more of a princess movie. I, my kids have watched it. I haven't watched it with them, but God. Uh, uh, so I don't know. PGA tout. Is going okay. Oh, here we go. Perfect segue. Dear Bambi Disney movies. Oh, wow. So, that was a good all right. <laughs> so, Peter C.T. Pan, Peter Pan, got that one. Uh, Hercule Lee Hodges. Uh, okay. Camilo and Stitch, which is what? Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. <laughs> These are hard to say. Andrew in Wonder Landry. <laughs> Finding Grillo. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, Wulan. Instead of what Mulan, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Okay. That's that's clever. Uh, okay. Hold on. We'll save John Markowski the goat for last. So the model maniacs. See, uh, oh, these are good. Do you want to read them? They're so good. Uh, yeah. So uh, he goes with you know John Deere tractor, uh, tractor rider, P. Lanto Griffin, Farmer Brown, Ernst Day's work, Dirt McGirt, and uh, a Hall of Famer here. Cattle Barn Lahiri. <laughs> I just can't get enough of that one. How, where? What's P? I don't get uh, the Lanto Griffin one. I don't get I don't, most of them. I'll be honest with you. I don't get. I don't get P Lanto Griffin either. I'm going to have to ask him. Okay. I, I know. I know. Um, I, I get yeah. Tractor Rider. That makes sense. I get Farmer Brown and Ernst Day's work. Dirt McGurk, obviously. McGurk. Dirt McGurk. <laughs> uh, and and Cattle Barn Lahiri. It, it, I mean, it's a, it's a stretch, but it's just, it's funny. It's really funny. It's epic. I like that. Okay, so so John Markowski takes these and he like turns them into phrases or sayings. So he's going with the fact that this is a pretty bad field. And he's roasting this field. So the first player is Aaron. Stop playing so badly. 
Sean O'Hare Airport is calling your name. Wow. Oh, my God. your flight out of here. Boo Weekly. How about Boo Strongly? Whoa. Wow. Yeah, these are tough, John. Uh, Sean, I prefer your sister Gwen Stefani. Kelly, not so good at your craft. And JT, you ain't posted a score like last week. <laughs> what? These are I mean, all strong. All four of these were great. There, there were more, by the way, but we didn't have um, – I, I figured four was for, was good for this one. It's just uh, phenomenal. That's pretty good. I mean, John, John's is the – it's the best again. It's, yeah, I, you know, these, I think everybody I'm, I'm not good at this stuff. So like any, anybody who it's also like when people draw, like I, I can't draw a stick figure. So when I can see somebody with any ounce of drawing ability, I'm always very impressed because that is not the side of uh, the brain that works for me. That's surprising. Given you run a, you know, a database website. <laughs> you, I don't have like the creatives. <laughs> if it's not a one or a zero. It's not for me. <laughs> All right. Remember, the fan vote for the one and done is live right now. It's in the description. Get your vote in. We're going to do that Tuesday morning. But for now, big thanks to producer Troy. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad available at Sia Najad. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him at The Real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.